From The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Friday, August 4. Numerous senior legal figures say the ACT government needs to hold a public inquiry into previous criminal cases brought by Director of Public Prosecutions Shane Drumgold. That's after Commissioner Walter Sofronoff KC found Drumgold had lied to the Supreme Court over the Bruce Lehrman-Brittany Higgins matter. The voice debate is getting personal in federal parliament with Peter Dutton moving a failed motion to condemn Anthony Albanese for failing to be upfront with Australians about the looming referendum. The PM turned the heat back on the opposition leader. This convicted outrage seeking political advantage by undermining the most disadvantaged group in Australia who happen to be First Nations people. If you haven't already got tickets to Paul McCartney's forthcoming tour, it's not too late, but it might be your last chance to see the 81-year-old live in Australia. McCartney sat down with our music writer to talk about his remarkable life, from heartthrob to villain and back again. An assurance has been given that police will do everything in their power to help the fans see the Beatles. Any minute now, the Beatles will be arriving at the Southern Cross. Their car is in, is in Burke Street and the fans are going really mad. Here they go. Here come the Beatles. In 1964, Australia changed forever when four boys from Liverpool got off a plane in Adelaide. It was the start of what became known as Beatlemania. Mayhem. I mean, you know, it was just crazy. For Paul McCartney, it was the beginning of the rest of his life. He's talking to the Australian's music writer, Andrew McMillan. We never knew whether the Aussies are going to kind of like us or whether they, how much they knew about us and stuff. So it was kind of, you know, we came in not knowing, but pretty soon found out. And, and they were crazy. It was it was really great. You know, it's uh, nobody minds a bit of adulation. I think you know when the Beatles came out, it had been a pretty lean period up till then for young people, and so suddenly we kind of came on the scene and um, struck a chord with a lot of young people. They sort of thought that we thought similar to them, and we had a. I don't know, was it a cocky attitude or something? I don't know. Hey, and the music wasn't bad. So all of that combined, they got really excited, which is great for us, which, you know, it's what you want. And now McCartney's preparing to come back to Adelaide and five other cities on an Australian tour that will see him at 81 playing arenas like Allianz Stadium in Sydney. It is extraordinary because no matter how fit you are at 81, the body aches, you're less dexterous, your voice changes. I spoke to Andrew McMillan after he spent 25 minutes on Zoom interviewing Paul McCartney. Hello. Hi, man. We've met before. On audio, yes. Yeah. And yet, just last year, a bit over a year ago, soon after he turned 80, Paul was headlining Glastonbury Festival, playing a three-hour show with his longtime band, with cameos from Bruce Springsteen and Dave Grohl. (laughs) 
and playing something like 40 songs during that time, telling stories, you know, entertaining a crowd of about 100,000 people. It is quite extraordinary to think that, yeah, by the time he gets here in October, he'll be 81 and still nimble enough, still hungry, still keen to entertain the masses in a way that probably no one else of his era is is doing. It's probably him and the Rolling Stones at this point, I would say. The first gig on October 18 will be relatively intimate in Adelaide in front of just 11,000 fans. Well, I like that kind of thing. I like indoor arenas. In fact, you know, this band, we kind of like playing anywhere. So it's probably a good thing to just start indoors and then you sort of it's it's a big surprise going outdoors and it's like, yeah, we're in a stadium, you know. I don't know, just that little uh, lift in amount of people, you know, and size of the thing is can be quite exciting. So, but I say we, we even like playing in real little clubs. Those are sometimes the most fun, you know. We should have a little club, then the arena, then the stadium. He'll be playing music from across a remarkable 60-plus year career. Yeah, there's a few of them. I think the old Beatles ones, some of them you just know so well. So like, uh, Gotta Get You Into My Life kind of seems to come quite easily. I never know actually which ones are going to be the easy ones. There are are a few, mainly old Beatles ones, which are kind of easy. But in the end, they're all not that hard. The last senior citizen I saw playing in arena was the late Leonard Cohen. First, we take Manhattan. Then we take Who famously described the six stages of man as he ages, from irresistible through resistible, invisible, repulsive, and finally, cute. Paul McCartney's had quite the career arc, and he's in amazing shape, posting photos of himself on social media doing headstands. So how do three or four generations of fans see him now? I'd say he's definitely well into the elder statesman role, and yet from having seen him when he last toured in 2017, he somehow still has this boyish quality about him. You know, just the way his body moves on occasion when he's playing particular songs from 50 or 60 years ago. So I guess depending on the moment or on the song, he's somewhere between that dashing young man and the grandfather that he certainly is today. Well, I set out to be a musician and, you know, I had a little guitar and, you know, just wanted to sort of write songs and make records and stuff. So you do that and then you get to perform for people You get a love affair with it. You kind of get addicted to it. When you look at the faces of the crowds who watch McCartney today, like the gig at Glastonbury, you see pure adoration. But McCartney hasn't always been seen as the sweet old grandpa of rock. In 1970, he found himself cast as the villain, starting with the documentary Let It Be, which followed the band as they wrote and performed their final studio album. Here's Paul arguing with George Harrison from that documentary. I'm what we said the other day, you know, I'm not trying to get you. Well, really, I'm trying to just say, look, lads, the band, you know, should we try it like this, you know? It's funny that how I don't when we... I know it's it's this one. It's like should we play guitar through age? Well, I don't think we should. Okay, well I don't. But in 
2021, the director Peter Jackson released a new cut drawn from the same studio recordings that had formed the basis of Let It Be. Jackson's documentary, Get Back, brought McCartney back into clear focus. While George Harrison showed alternating flashes of brilliance and sulkiness, and John Lennon checked in and out in a haze of Yoko and heroin, all the work and focus was coming from Paul and the ever-reliable Ringo Starr on drums. Here's McCartney asking John Lennon to read and remember the lyrics for their song, Two of Us. Two of us? You have to remember the words, too. Yes, I've got them here. But learn them. I almost know them. So, yes, he has been variously cast as the villain, as the hero. I guess where he is right now is he's the one who's holding the flame aloft for his three bandmates in a way that no one else is or can. Ringo Starr continues to tour, but in a a much smaller fashion in the States. Paul's playing on the world's biggest stages and continuing to play those songs that have shaped the world over the last 60 years. In the doco which streams on Disney+, Plus, there are moments of exquisite genius as McCartney, who doesn't read music, sits down at the piano and lets the masterpieces flow through his fingers. Have you got any more words? Can I know more songs? Yeah. Now, what is it? Uh, I'll give your mother Mary the long and winding road. Lead me to Coming up, how McCartney looks back on his long and winding road. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one had been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime. As he prepares to come back to Australia, Paul McCartney sat down with our music writer Andrew McMillan to talk about the remarkable forces that have propelled him back to centre stage. Your old band returned to the centre of pop culture in late 2021 with the docu-series Get Back. For a while there, it was the major topic of conversation among all the serious music fans in my life. Were you surprised by the impact that it had at the time on release? I was very happy with the impact. Uh, But once I'd seen what Peter Jackson had done and how it was all being handled by Disney, I wasn't as surprised as I thought it might be because he'd done such a great job. He'd like restored the film and he'd gone through 56 hours so patiently and brought this thing to, you know, the screens. Uh, And he'd just done such a great job. So for me, though, main thing was it really made me happy because I'd seen the original Let It Be film, and that was more focused on the breakup of the Beatles. So it 
wasn't as happy as this one was. I kind of worried, to tell you the truth, that I would come off a bit bossy, you know, because I often would try and hold the session together or try and encourage everyone, come on guys, you know, we've only got a week to learn this song, whatever. And I thought that might have come over as really bossy. And tell you the truth, it kind of worried me that. But then seeing it, it was like, no, it wasn't. It was just, that was just the way we worked. And it was such great humor in it. Um, me and John were having a right laugh. <laughs> I mean, for people who were supposed to be delivering this, these songs that they hadn't written yet and didn't know in like a month's time and put on a, a live show, we were messing around. You wouldn't, you'd think we'd be a bit more serious. Well, in the end, I thought it was a brilliant way to do it. You know, if you're going to rehearse, don't make it too serious. You know, do the work, but have a laugh. One of the absolute highlights of the Beatles Get Back series is when Paul is humming to himself, plonking on his bass guitar, but half of an idea, shows it to Ringo and George, who are sitting there bored, yawning, but listening. And he's showing them what becomes the song Get Back. And before too long, the three of them are jamming together on the idea with nonsense lyrics. And then John Lennon walks in and starts playing the rhythm guitar. And it becomes the bones of this song that is now widely known and loved around the world. It's an amazing thing to watch. Well, it was great, really, because I thought it happened like that. But it was so long ago that I wasn't absolutely sure, you know, but I thought, yeah, I'm sure it happened like that. And then Peter Jackson sent me a text and he said, did you write Get Back before you went in the studio? Or did you kind of just make it up on the spot? And he sent me a little bit of film of me making it up on the spot. And I said, no, that's I, I, I had no idea before it came in. And what you have on film there, that's the birth of Get Back, you know. So that was a nice moment, yeah. Do you still get those nightmares where you find the audience is leaving en masse no matter what song you try to play to entice them back? <laughs> I haven't had one of those recently. But, yeah, every so often, you know, it's like a performer's nightmare. You're playing and you think, oh, this is going well. Then you suddenly notice people are leaving. You know, well, he's just going for a beer or something. That's all right. But then they're leaving in droves and it's like, no, come back. And you can't say to yourself, wait a minute, it's only a dream. Because sometimes dreams seem really realistic. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, more of a nightmare of mine than I than it is now. I think I've might, maybe said goodbye to that one. Hope so. Do you think this is going to be the last time we see him in Australia? If I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would bet yes, it's the last time. Because... What is it, a six-year gap roughly between when he was last here? So if it was another six years, he would be 87 when he returns, which just seems beyond the realms of possibility. However, he has also been saying for decades that he keeps performing because he loves it, not because he needs to do it. And he also thinks, he also has been saying for decades that he'll be wheeled out on stage when he's 90. So I think... And I think most reasonable people think that it's going to be his last visit to Australia and hence why anyone who cares about the Beatles or his music at all should make their way to these shows ASAP. But I guess I wouldn't be surprised if this is not the last time because the man is nothing if not full of surprises. 
Andrew McMillan is The Australian's music writer. You can read his story, including tour dates and much more from Paul McCartney, right now at theaustralian.com.au. Thanks for joining us on The Front all week. If you don't already, hit follow or subscribe in your podcast app to hear from our journalists every morning. Our team is Leah Zamaglou, Christian Amiot, Jasper League, who also composed our music, Tiffany Dimack and me, Claire Harvey. Hey, I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthy-ish, where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component oh, of that. I, I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthy-ish and Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts.